August 23, 2019, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference, the third annual conference focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. Join over 500 of the most influential sales development leaders in our industry for a full day of learning, networking, and growing your skills. This year, we're offering three learning tracks focused on sales development leadership, rep training, and our newest track dedicated to sales and marketing operations. Grab your tickets today before it sells out over at 10bound.com conference. That's 10bound.com conference. See you August 23rd. You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at TenBound.com, David Delaney. CRM has been proven to limit sales reps' responsiveness, persistency, and cadence. It's a design flaw, and it's losing you deals. That is why today's sales leaders use sales engagement platforms like VanillaSoft. Check it out. Go to VanillaSoft.com and start your free trial. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I'm your host, David Delaney. I'm honored and blessed to have my next guest on the show, Mr. Mike Farrell. How are you doing today, sir? Great, David. How are you? Oh, man. You know, it's this is probably going to date us, but we're getting near a long weekend here, so I'm feeling it. And I'm just stoked to have you on the show. If you guys don't know about Mike, he ran BAO for a number of years. This is probably the living expert in running a, a big, complicated, outsourced sales development company from a high level and someone I've learned a ton from. And I can't wait to share your knowledge with folks on the show. So, Mike, thanks for coming on and give us some background on what got you into this industry and what you're working on now. Sure, sure. Thanks. Well, I I was with BAO for 15 years, joined them as, this, you know, as, as it really was a startup when I, when I joined and now it's 20, 20 years old and humming along. But prior to that, I spent 20 years prior to that in the IT solution space, you know, reselling integration world, you know, in the channel. And, uh, you know, the four years prior, I was VP of sales at PC Connection, which was a, is a large direct seller of, of computer products and public publicly traded company. And, you know, it, that was a purely inside sales role. Prior to that, I had some inside sales as a field sales role. So I've been in, you know, high tech sales my whole career. And then moving on, moving on to BAO was, a chance to get to a smaller company, get out of the public company rat race, and so it was a great a great run. You know, David, back in uh, 2003, it wasn't called SDRs. <laughs> they weren't called SDRs or BDRs. Yeah. So th- this is uh, really in this time period, really saw the the evolution of sales and how much it has changed since then has really been dramatic. It really has. I mean, even when I started the SDR program at Glassdoor, 
we had Salesforce and lead lists that were within Salesforce and just, you know, Excel files of names and phone numbers. And, you know, fast forward, whatever, it's been six years. Now we just released that, that market map focused a hundred percent on sales development. And there's like probably a hundred different solutions out there, you know, that, that are there yeah. to help. So it has, it's been amazing. And you had a front, front row seat. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, when you started at BAO and they were more in startup mode, what do you think made them successful, you know, as a company looking back? Cause so many startups fail, you know, within the first five years, like what, what made them become one of the market leaders in the space? Do you think? You know, the niche, believe it or not, back in 2003, when it was uh, not an accepted practice to outsource appointment setting. If you called on the VP of sales for a tech firm and you told you what, you know, you told them what we did. And a lot of times what you would get for a response is, hey, my reps are supposed to do that. You know, so it really changed quite a bit. You know, a lot of it happened really, and this model became prevalent with the advent of SaaS software. And, you know, one of the big changes that happened was in, was the recession. You know, in the correspond, you know, the, what happened, we were 100% of our appointments back then were face-to-face appointments. Hmm. And then we started, you know, offering conference calls or web conferences probably around... 2005 or six and then and then when the recession came around it was amazing it fell off the off the cliff just went from we were 75 percent face-to-face and overnight it went down to 40 percent because cfo said let's control our our costs right our travel costs but at the same time you know, all the web conferencing, web WebEx and GoToMeeting, everything was coming, you know, the technology was coming to bear to aid in the selling process and the communication process. And then all of a sudden this thing called the iPhone came out too. So it was really that confluence of things that really changed some of the selling, the selling techniques and, uh, you know, it, but also the customer, the customers are you know, we're all slammed for time, right? The, yeah. the, the, the world's, with the technology, the world's going super fast. Business is going incredibly fast. And and it's it's more commonplace now for buyers to say, you know what, I'd rather just meet, talk to you over the phone. So sure. so the, uh, the things really transition to, and that's really what I think has accelerated this SDR model. So it's really been a fascinating to see that over the past 10 years. Yeah, it's been amazing. And and so did the recession help you, you think? I mean, in that, you know, there there was a convergence of wanting to reduce costs by going to the inside sales model and then the fact that the economy went off the cliff. And so were mm-hmm. did that actually help you because then companies would be like, look, we can outsource this and set up phone meetings and then we'll keep our salespeople busy? Is that yeah, we kind of grew in spurts. So, you know, grew from about 25, 30 people when I got there and up to over 200 people now. About 70% of the people are on the phone, you know, per, you know doing the work. So I have about 140 
or so people doing the doing the call up, you know, SDR, BDR model type calls for the clients. So, and just for record, I'm I'm no longer at BAO, so just want to make sure that's clear. I left in July, but I still refer people to them, and and uh, they're they're a quality company and really a category leader in this space. So it's a uh, it was it was you know certainly privileged to be able to help the company grow in that time period. Got it. Okay. So, so it came, it, the growth came in spurts, you know, not necessarily a big, huge, you know, influx of business based on the recession. It just kind of grew up. And, the, and then I'm sure that the reputation of the company, you know, went out into the marketplace and more and more people just kind of built up like a flywheel. Yeah, I would. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. Because uh, once the once the you know the acceptance, it wasn't evangelical anymore to 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 go out there and pitch someone outsourcing and and actually having a different group set appointments for your your sales team. So the evolution of the sales model and process, you know, certainly helped the acceptance of that service. And then you know certainly more more people kind of joined the outsourced community in terms of service providers. So, but you know, the, the predominantly thing for BAO, it's, it's always been a performance based model, which was very appealing and a lot, you know, early on the, a lot of the clients were startups, but more recently over the past seven, eight years, it's been more, you know, more larger companies that are uh, clients of BAO. So larger tech firms, as well as some fair amount of startups as well. So it's really a mixture now. Okay. So that's really interesting. So for someone who's not super familiar with the outsourced world of sales development, you mentioned the performance-based model. So what are some of the different pricing structures that that are out there? So by performance-based, does that mean that you only bill the client when somebody actually shows up for the meeting? Or how does that work? Yeah, there's a, there's a number of models out there for the outsourced world. I've, I've talked to a number of of the firms in my little sabbatical here just to to see what everyone's doing. So performance based, exactly right. So it's it's a it's a per meeting fee after the meeting occurs. But there's other there, there are other companies out there that do it on an hourly basis, based on you know just pure activity, phone calls with you know not. A whole lot of results guarantee. There's companies out there that do it at, on a per headcount basis per month or partial months. And I, I've actually found some some folks out there too that do full cycle selling outsourcing, which was interesting to find that. So it's 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 really you know it's really across the board. There's different models out there. So really, it's going to depend on you know whoever the the company is that's looking for an outsource. We're, outsource firm to to really evaluate and find out what their goals are and then find out who the right fit is find out the one that works and and so with performance based it seems like and it's just in my experience in working with outsource firms what's tricky there is like what what does actually a qualified meeting you know what is the definition and is it shared right. across the board because and I'm sure this is like going to give you nightmares like, <laughs> when you go back. You're not going to be able to sleep tonight just with the memories. But isn't it the case where you set up 
as the outsource provider, you set up a great meeting with just the right person and they show up and everything. And then the client comes back and says, that meeting sucked. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you do? Yeah. I mean, what what's the, yeah. Well, the, the, we have learned uh, over the years, you, number one is you got you to gotta set in your statement of work, you have to set up what the uh, service level agreement is. What's the definition? You know, everyone asks for a Bant lead, right? They want the Glenn Gary leads. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I wonder if anybody's going to get that on this, but yeah, it's a movie. It's from, yeah. it's a, it's a, <laughs> oh man, that's a good one. Yeah. They want the, they want the, the buyer with the silver pen, you know, the expensive pen, you know, and cufflinks ready to sign the contract, you know, right. Yeah. They, 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 want to, they want to walk in and, and have a PO and the, the guy's got a PO on his desk. Right. But right. That's it doesn't, not how it works. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. So, um, <laughs> And honestly, if that was the case, then then sales would be easy and you wouldn't have to make that much money. Right. You know, that's just a fallacy. And and really, especially, you know, when you think about it, you know, th- by the way, there, there, there's other we focused on tech firms and software and, and technology firms. But I, I found I found a, a number of firms that focus on different markets that focus on financial, the financial companies. And so it's interesting, you, every, companies I never heard of that basically do the same thing, but they just focus on different sectors. But for the tech space, you know, the BANT is kind of the the marketing term that everyone likes. And of course the marketing people get beat up by the salespeople, right? For they want the want the marketing people to deliver them everything on a silver platter. But it really defining what what good looks like, what ex, what the service level agreement is is important. And just and really you gotta just be incredibly focused on making sure the customer doesn't scope creep and you hold it and hold the customer accountable too. So that's, it's a, it's a balance between, you know, getting the customer what they want and making sure they're not taking advantage of you. Yeah. And, and I assume like if say BAO, a, uh, as an example, has 200 employees, 140 are actually, you know, doing the, the, the outreach, then you've got 60 people and a few of those administrative people are like project managers or managers who interface with the clients and have to have these tough conversations every day. Right. Right. Yeah. There's some client success people that, that manage the clients and so forth. But we, we set up, we set up a closed loop communication that really held the client rep accountable and uh, our our calling person accountable to delivering quality, and we measure them on that. That was a real cr- key innovation that we did. So we, because uh, we're not, you know, we're not we're outside their their ecosystem, or their you know their CRM system that they're using. So there has to be some really good communication and close that loop on that that appointment. Yeah, because you, I'm sure over the course of 15 years, you heard every one of these little like nuances and complaints and all these different things. They just keep coming up so that, so that you had to go back and create a process, you know, to, because you know, it's coming, you know, they're going to say, mm-hmm. yep. right. And, 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 one of, yeah. and one of the things we did uh, the last few years is uh, we, we really did it for coaching purposes, coaching the callers. We call them ISRs. Other people call them BDRs, SDRs. So we we had a call recording system, you know, ExecVision. If anyone 
as you use ExecVision. Yep. And it, it was it changed the game from a coaching and coaching standpoint, which was fantastic. But the one of the other use cases that really came out of it was a, a quality a quality assurance. And if we got a complaint on some on something, we could go back and listen to the listen to the actual appointment being set and you know and make sure that it you know it was quality on, on our end. And that was another that was very helpful to triage some of any time you got a complaint. Got it. Okay. So you would you would record the calls of the actual appointments being set. So that's on your end that you can control. But did you record the calls of the sales rep at the client company conducting the call to see what the quality was of that? No, no, that that would okay. be on their that would be on their system. So got it. They should they should. Every every team should i believe it's a it's uh isn't it great if you're a vp of sales or a ceo to be able to actually listen to some actual face you know sales you know whether it's most of telephone but you know interactions with your sales reps and your customers that's a great tool totally i mean that's why you know steve steve richard has done an amazing job with exec vision and there's a couple other competitors that are coming up it's like that was a huge hole you know in this marketplace that they're filling really well now i mean it's like yeah. how, how did we live without that if you don't know what the people are saying that are representing your company you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and um, it's it's yeah you see, i mean i i go back a long ways and you know i remember putting a little suction cup on the on the the actual telephone and <laughs> yeah, having, a ta- that. having a tape recorder <laughs> <laughs> They <laughs> gotta go back. That was me doing a tape recorder. So let me let me ask you this. Now, you know, the phone, I'm interested in the the phone as a as a medium because a lot of people are saying with the advent of like call blocking and people not not so much picking up their phone if they don't know the number and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. in your experience, you've mentioned callers, people on the phone, like was it mainly calling or did they use any other methods and does calling still work in your opinion based on what you saw well calling still works because that's the only thing you know we did at bao i i, don't, I can't speak for them any any longer in terms of what sure. it, you know, what, what changes may happen in the future but you know it still works you know it, it takes it takes a lot of focus and, and a lot of, you know a lot of customized systems in place to to get the volume right the metrics are you know 150 calls a day you know seven or eight conversations and hopefully a couple a couple appointments depending on the skill of the person and their tenure you know you could really it's a linear line the close ratio from a new person you know to an experienced person we had six different levels of people and it was literally everyone made this you know within range, everyone made the same amount of calls. Everyone had this similar amount of conversations. It was all skill of how the close ratio of, of how well people performed and how they progressed over those six, so those six levels. It still works. You know, definitely the, a lot of the, the newer things that are, that are being brought to bear with uh, a lot of the technology tools available and you know, digital marketing, driving inbound leads, that's all great. I mean, it's all, 
it should all be part of the mix, right? It's it's anybody that wants to just hang their hat on one thing, I think is wrong. If you have the basics of knowledge of, you know, the marketing principles down, it's it's in the sales, you know, you look at your lead source, you got to do a lot of things, right? There's no silver bullet. Are you in sales, but you're not using a sales engagement tool? Then you're probably losing out on revenue because you are not engaging with prospects at the right time, with the right cadence, and with enough persistency. You need VanillaSoft. Start your free trial today. Go to VanillaSoft.com. Yeah, it's it's a lot of hard work. And, and I'm curious, and I don't know how involved you were, but from a process perspective, it seems like data, data is like the lifeblood of the whole thing, right? If you're asking somebody to make 150 calls, then you got to have a lot of good names and phone numbers, right? So, so like if you were, if you got into an engagement with a client, would they supply you data? Would you get the data yourself? You know, how, how would you come up with that amount of volume to keep people busy for, for that much time? Uh, good question. So we had, you know, the byproduct of our calling is we have cleansed the names of, of people, right? You, yes. you, add pe- you add people to the database and you cleanse your, your existing database. So as part of the, as part of the efforts, so our clients would only give us, BAO's clients would only give them uh, company names or account names, you know, and locations. And then obviously the persona they want to get a meeting with, whether it's an IT person or an HR person or finance person, depending on what you're, you're pitching. And, you know, if we didn't have the right person, we would have, that's what the person's, our, our caller's job was to find the right person over well over a million names in the database that's amazing you know, already so you you know when you're when you have that many people doing that many calls it ends up being millions of calls every year so you get a lot of data that way and you, it keeps it clean because they're live checking to see if the person still works there and then did you have as part of the administrative staff was there somebody in charge of data like at a high level like you know, somebody who's in charge of plugging everything in to make sure that it stays clean and everybody knows where it is? Yeah, good question. Yes, that was a, a position that was put in place a, a few years ago by Jim, the CEO. And uh, it was very important that, you know, we kind of elevated that and, and really tried to harvest and curate and, and try to, you know, analyze it to see if we can improve the productivity in certain areas as well so yeah. definitely got, definitely got a lot of you know a lot out of that that particular effort yeah i mean that just seems huge because you could be spinning your wheels a lot it seems like the more i talk to people and just look at at these programs and how they're set up the data is sort of the the better the foundation you know of the whole thing it's like it just as far as efficient processes especially if you're making 150 calls a day the day yeah you can't huge. you yeah. can't be built you can't be built for speed if you don't have the contact names what i would say to companies whether they're used you know building their own sdr team or or outsourcing it or both is you really got to put the upfront work into identifying the right account you want to go after what's the ideal customer profile because you know if it's just you know random downloaded list with you know not a lot of thought put into it you're gonna you're gonna waste a lot of time right it's the more targeted the list the better 
you know, it can't be 35 companies, right? It has to have some oomph to it to your total addressable market has to be bigger than 35 companies, right? To be a viable business. Yeah. And I, I would think one of the first questions, if you're looking at an outsource program that uses hourly basis or monthly retainer, you know, per SDR, the first question I would ask is, what are we going to do about data? You know, because especially if I'm paying out of pocket someone per hour, like I want to make sure that they have the right targets and they're not just wasting their time because you're not even talking performance-based at that point. It's just, you're paying somebody per hour to sit there and, and do the job. And yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. And you have some data companies on your, you know, technology roadmap there. And cause that's part of the, if you're starting up an organization, right, that's, that's, you gotta, you gotta address that. And I just, you know, there's zoom info out there that DB Hoover's has gotten much better. Their platform is really nice now. There's companies out there that can help with data. I know there's a bunch of startups too that harvesting them in different ways, you know. But and it's, you know, it's a specialty. It's like like you said when you guys brought in the the data specialist and elevated that position. It's just it's really important for people to think about. And I'm also curious, Mike, with the the skill levels, the six six different levels. So so say. Like you had a pretty pretty even playing field. Everybody was being held to the same process. And then you've got these six levels of skill. Like how did you know when they were ready to move to the next level? And what did they have to do, you know, to move up six levels? How long did it take? You know, how long did people work there in that position to go through the six levels? Tell us about that. Yeah, it's a good question. It's very meritorious. So it's, it's all metrics driven. So that was the, you can't, you know, you can't, you, you still get some, some, you know, complaints that, well, you know, if I had that guy's list, you know, that kind of thing, you know, it's like, oh yeah, and there's envious people everywhere. So, but if, you know, people focus on their skill development, you know, focus on themselves instead of looking elsewhere, you get better. We coach, we would coach them and, and, you know, we gave them that coaching tool, the exec vision as a coaching tool and had plenty, we had what we called BAO Academy, a six month training program with over 60 courses we would teach and, and get them through. So we invested a lot in that. So everyone moved at a different pace based on what skill they brought to the table, what experience they brought to the table. BAO's model wasn't always, you know, higher some right out of college. It's a matter of fact, it was for a long period of time, it was to hire someone with more experience. And there's quite a few people there that are career, you know, SDRs, uh, BDRs, and can make really good money doing it. That's still the case. And, it, but there's also now, a, you know, with the, the economy and, and tight labor market is what it is. There's more of a, a push to go out and get people that are right out of college because they don't have jobs yet, you know, getting people to, you know, if they're already employed, you know, unless they're looking to leave an industry or a company that's struggling, it's, uh, there's just not as many people out there. So you got to fish where there's, you know, the fish are. Exactly. So, but, where, where was BAO? Was it, was it everybody under one roof? So all 200 people? There's four locations. Okay. Uh, three, three, three in New England, one in Arizona. Gotcha. Okay. And so you were hiring from that marketplace, either New England or Arizona, right? 
Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's that's really interesting because there's a couple of things I want to ask you about, like the career SDR thing is interesting. Like we were at the meetup the other night and they didn't really go into it, but there's not a lot of diversity out there, you know, in the SDR field because it's it's kind of a cookie cutter approach to get people right out of college and they all kind of end up <laughs> being the same and stuff like that. And and I, I feel like it's accepted to bring some ageism, you know, to the whole thing. Like if you're over 30 or over 40, it's like, why would you want to be an SDR? But, you know, to your point, like some of the best SDRs out there are over 40 and they just want to be SDRs because they're great, good at it and making good money and people just overlook them. But it sounds like you're saying that there's just not a lot of them out there. And so you kind of have to go to the young college route because that's the people that need jobs, even if they're not as good or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a mix, you know. Experientially, it used to be it used to be very rarely would we hire someone right out of school, but now it's 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 more of a balance. But you know, in actually talking talking to a number of other outsourced companies uh, over the past four or five months, that you know, just just trying to make some professional connections and and so forth, uh, and learning about everyone else's business. It there's there's actually in the outsourced world it really falls into those two camps where there's some people that are going strictly, you know, young people right out of school. And then there's other folks that are going, you know, a, a, a more mature professional. And a lot of them were, will work remotely too. those, those career SDRs are a lot of them. And, and I'm talking specifically in the outsourced companies. Right. And so you could have someone who's just really good at sales and talking to people and hard worker. They work from home and you give them the data and you give them the process and things like that. And they could just do it from home. Now, that's not the bottle that BA did, but that, that's you see that in the outsource world. Yeah. And the diversity part of that is more balanced, too. Yes. You know, in terms of male, in terms of male, female, it's when you look at the career SDRs out there, whether they're under one roof for, in an outsourced world or, you know, working from home, it is a little bit more diverse male, female than than the traditional hire someone right out of college. Yeah, you would think like if you're taking care of an aged parent or you just had kids and you just can get away for like four hours a night and make a bunch of calls and stuff like that. I mean, you could see how if it was a home-based thing, there could be a lot more flexibility. You could get a lot more people into the market. And the other thing I want to ask you about, Mike, is this this BAO Academy, which is really interesting because not a lot of people invest in training for SDRs and they just give them some product knowledge and a phone book and they're like, here, go make some calls, you know? So you guys, I look like you really took it seriously. You created actual an academy that people went through. What was that like? What what did they have to do to go through that? Well, it took six months. We wanted six to make months? sure. Wow, I thought it was yeah. six weeks. Okay, six months. No, we want. Yeah, we wow. want to make sure. We want to make sure that everyone had the the same content. You know, in four different locations, different managers, different training staff we wanted to make sure people had the same content across the board so we you know put it in kind of the the college curriculum kind of 
structure. That was a, a big investment, but you know, definitely worth it to make sure, you know, again, you wanna you wanna make sure there's an even playing field in terms of the, the tools people are given in the in the coaching and training they're given. And then, you know, the everyone's you know, no one can do the job for you. Yeah, right? You gotta pick the phone up and do it. You, no one's gonna book a meeting for you. You gotta do it on your, your own. So it's it becomes very meritorious and but you, we got to get that culture of in, investing in yourself and taking accountability for your own development because there's there are a lot of skills, right? I just finished listening to your podcast and the young lady from Indi- Indianapolis and it, talk about a very articulate and well-spoken young professional. She's uh, in, that's the kind of skill that people develop by by doing this job. Totally. Totally. And and I like the fact you're talking about leveling the playing field as much as possible and then setting up those skill levels, you know, so you level the playing field, you, you work on the data, get them the data, get them this, this sales academy. And then, you know, at the end of the day, though, you got to, you know, you got to, you know, do the job, like you said. And, yeah. and yeah, to your point, I mean, what a bet, what a great way to learn how to communicate succinctly and, and be articulate quickly and move people along than being being an SDR. I'm a you know big advocate of training. Matter of fact, I'm doing a little doing a little advising now to with Factor Eight. Factor Eight has a great program from inside salespeople. There's you know and it's uh, all video based and so it's on demand, 365 you know, 24/7. So that's that's a great you know kind of academy type content that can be uh, delivered to, you know, SDRs at a very reasonable price. And, and, you know, again, take, they have to take that personal accountability to invest in their own career development. The factor rates, they call it the sales bar. So that's kind of the next, that would be the the thing that I, I wanted to do before I, at BAO was to really take that content and get it video based. So it's not all instructor led. So and and factor eight was it was able to do that. So I think that's a that's a great type of uh, program that any SDR team can really latch onto and and put that accountability on people to develop themselves to get it done. And that's what I was going to ask you with the academy that you guys set up. So it was all classroom based. I mean, it was instructor based. So yeah, like they would have to go in for an hour a day and and, and or you know not an hour a day, but like once yeah. a week and do an hour of training in a conference room. Is that right? Right, right, okay. right. Wow, for six months. So that that's a huge, I mean, that's taking it to another level. That's a huge investment of, you know, the curriculum and the time, right, of people. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, you'll think about it. You think of a professional athlete, right? You know, how, how I'm a, yeah. whatever sport, I'll, I'll use baseball, right? So, since the Red Sox just won the World Series. So, you know, the game is two hours, three hours long. How how much practice do you think they do? You know, yeah. or, or basketball. All basketball week. game's two hours. How, hours much, yeah. how much practice do they think? And see, in business, the problem is we were in the game, you know, dealing with live ammunition more than we're practicing. So you really have to inject that training and practice, especially in sales, you know, a little bit more 
to make sure when you do have a live call, you know, you're, you're, you're putting your uh, best foot forward for the company. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, and people don't look at it that way at all. I mean, they, they, they're just like, I mean, the sports analogy is perfect because, you know, you're basically asking someone to go out into the Super Bowl against the Oakland Raiders, you know, <laughs> and with uh, no helmet and no practice and no training. And then you're like, why did we get our ass kicked? You know, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, a baseball player gets he gets up four times a, a game in a in a at bats in a, a game. But how many swings does he take in the batting cage during the day or during the week or during the winter to prepare for that game? Yeah, you know, it's how many how many how many shots did practice shots did uh, Michael Jordan take? You know, Larry Bird take? You know, they they practice for hours and you know, hours before a game or in the off season, you know? Totally. And, and I mean, you know, I would just encourage everybody like the, the trajectory that you followed over, you know, 15 years there to, to go from, you know, startup to a very established company. I mean, it, and, and the fact that you would invest that much in an academy and, and, you know, the time and giving people the, the training that they need to be able to be successful and then mm -hmm. setting up the levels. I mean, I think that's something that we could all think about and think about if they're doing that at their company right now. So Mike, wh what are you working on now? You've got a few different pots on the boil there. We were talking the other night about one of your ventures that you're starting up. Can you tell, can you just remind me what that was? Cause that looked pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I got a kind of three things working right now. So uh, I've been, you know, in this little sabbatical time. I've had a lot of conversations with private equity firms, venture capital firms, and there's a play there. I think for uh, to help some of them in the, you know, in the world of building out SDR teams, optimizing SDR teams, as well as you know, just general sales sales consulting. So that's kind of one avenue that uh i'm working on and and the other the other two are really in, still in the lead gen world a digital marketing play as well as a direct mail play so that's those are kind of the three three-legged stool that i'm trying to build here nice nice you're keeping yourself busy and and like you said it's it's multi-channel it's omni-channel you got to think about all these different angles you know, because people are just like inundated with different messaging. So try different things. Direct mail still works. Digital marketing still works. The phone still works. You know, yep. all these things. So exactly, exactly. You can't. Yeah, you got to. You got to do it all. But you know, on, on the on the inbound marketing world, I mean, you definitely still a lot of old school companies out there that haven't embraced that, and and you got to get it the right digital footprint and activities to drive that and that i totally believe in that so that's so i'm not advocating for 100 percent cold calling although you know if someone needs that they need to call a company like bao because they can do it very very well or there there's other companies out there that, that do it as well that can help and, and a lot of times it's a it, we coexisted with a lot of inside inside sales teams a lot of companies will will still use an outsource provider while they have an inside team so 
it, yeah, uh, definitely. it definitely can, it definitely can work that way too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to use all the tools that you have in your arsenal. And I remember, you know, w- when this first was brought to me, when I was running a sales development team, the, my VP was like, Hey, we want to bring in this outsource firm. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, I'm going to get fired. Like, cause I grew up in the eighties. Right. So whenever you hear the word outsource, you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to be eating out of a garbage can, you know, but, <laughs> but that is not, that is not the case. I'm actually some of the highest performing companies out there. They've got an inside team and they're working with like a BAO at the same time. And it's a little rivalry, you know, it's a little, both sides is the game is being elevated because, you know, they're kind of fi- both trying to figure out what the message is that will get the appointments. So I would just, you know, leave you guys with a note that if if someone says like, hey, we want to bring in this thing, you're not going to get outsourced per se. Like the, mm-hmm. it's actually just another tool in your toolbox that, you know, can be used. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, Mike. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and unpacking this for people. I learned a ton about the industry and I'm really excited to track your movements as you move on to new ventures, but we really appreciate it and we'll have you on again. All right. Appreciate it. Take care, David. Thank you for listening to the sales development podcast, the only audio forum, 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.